Anyway, I was saying, talking to you about um, when we come to prayer meeting and what you want from prayer meeting and what we're expecting to happen is we're seeking God's grace. You realize that's what's going on. When we pray for somebody, we're seeking God's grace. We're not seeking God what we deserve. You understand? We're not trying to seek what that other person deserves either. Because you know all of us deserve burning in hell. If you want to know what we deserve, that's what we deserve. Uh, except for the blood of Jesus Christ, that's what every one of us would receive as well. But that's what we deserve regardless of that. Yeah, no, you don't. I mean, I, I, I can bury, I'll be the first person to tell you that I don't want what I deserve. I mean, you know, none of it. Well, some people do. You know what they think? I mean, maybe even some of the people that are on our prayer list, they may say, well, I don't deserve being sick like this. I don't deserve whatever. I mean, they might be. I don't know if they're going to do that or not. I'm just trying to say there are people out there that say I didn't deserve this and meaning they didn't deserve the, the sickness or whatever else that they got out there. Uh, but but you know, uh, I I think the thing about it is is that we may not recognize what we really deserve. I mean, overall, and therefore, when something bad happens to us, I mean, what do we usually do? We usually get angry, or we get you know something happens, you know, uh, that we didn't want. I mean, today I I went to get something at a grocery store, and on the way back there was a wreck right in front of me. I mean, not right, right in front of me, but I was one of the first persons there. I'm just saying. And they had had so many cars that hit together that there was no way to cross the road. It was it was down here on on uh, Independence. And so I had to go. I had to go do a U-turn, come um, go through one of those, you know, openings there and go all the way down. Then I had to go into the neighborhood. Then I went through the neighborhood and then came out on the other side and I go down there and they're doing construction and they had two lanes blocked off up there. So the thing was, is that I could say, well, you know, I didn't deserve this. Well, no, in reality, I deserved a whole lot worse, even whatever it was, I deserved worse. And sometimes when something bad happens to us, we go and we say, well, I didn't deserve that. And I would like to pose a, an a, issue here. I think that a lot of times that what happens to us is, especially when we're saying we don't deserve something, and it's a bad thing that happens to us, it's a, it's a matter of pride. I mean, I had a lady in this church years and years ago, she said she got cancer, and, and she said, why did this happen to me? I said, why shouldn't it have happened to you? I mean, and my question of there was, were you so good that you didn't get cancer? Do you understand what I'm saying? And none of us have been that good. None of us have been so good that we wouldn't have gotten cancer or any of the other bad things. And to me, that's a matter of of pride on ourselves. It's a matter of pride when we go to God and we want to ask him for grace. And what are we doing? We're we're having, we've got a matter of pride. I mean, you know, and sometimes I'm afraid when people pray, not necessarily in prayer meeting tonight, but, but when we pray, we say words that we have no we have no contact with God in that. We're just saying words. Sometimes we're saying words just so that other people can hear us. I mean, uh, there was a, a time that I think it was, where was I? I can't remember where I was, but they called on this guy to, uh, to pray at the end of the service. And he said, uh, uh, Lord, I think, what did he say? It was, uh, it was Lord... Uh, Bless the food that we're about to receive. <laughs> it was evidently the only prayer he knew, but the bottom line was, I said, I said, I think that he's just reciting a prayer. He's not actually praying to anybody. 
Uh, it's sort of like the uh, a friend of mine. He was a, a minister of music, and he was a, doing a revival. And they called on this uh, guy to uh, to uh, say a prayer at the end of the the revival service. And he and he, the guy got up and said, uh, "Dear Lord, we thank thee for this church. Dear Lord, we thank thee." For this time together. Dear Lord, we thank thee for our sins. I mean, I mean. <laughs> and, he said, and the friend of mine said that the evangelist hit him and said, Now, there's an honest deacon. Anyway, so, uh, you know, sometimes people are just reciting words and they're not actually praying. And then when they do, are they realize to whom they're going. They realize that they're going to God. And if they're not going to God, then what is the story that is going on there? I mean, that supports a, uh, a heresy that is actually prevalent today, and that's the Word of Faith movement. The Word of Faith movement says that I don't really need God. They don't say that out loud. But they, they're saying is, is what happens to us is, is that we end up saying the words, and those words then produce what we want to see happen. That's the Word of Faith. If you want to know what Word of Faith is, we say the words, and they happen. And they believe that there is power in these words. They don't need God. They absolutely don't need God. And see, that's, they, they claim that <clears throat> there's, there's, you know, there's power in their own words. There's a lot of pride in that, folks. I mean, there's a lot of pride in that. And so uh, when we have this no need for God, we can expect that we're not going to get any answers from it. Psalm 110, uh, rather, 4 says... <clears throat> In the pride of his face, the wicked does not seek him. All his thoughts are, there is no God. Even in prayer, there can be no God. You understand, people saying words, there can be no God in that. And the person that's claiming that, that, their, words are the word, that uh, their words are causing it to happen has no need for God. The one supporter of this thought says that his prayers actually release the acts of God. He actually says that that's what happens. He starts to release the acts of God. And my question was, who did he think he is? And secondly, who does he think God is? You know, there's two things I would have to say there. It says, uh, you know, my, my question too is, do these people actually believe this? Are they just, uh, are, do they believe? Or are they the charlatans that they appear to be? In other words, do they believe what they're saying and they're actually just as deceived as they can be? Or are they just the charlatans that they appear to be? Because they look like charlatans to me. They look like they're fakers. Because uh, they, they are, certainly these people are taking a lot of money. They're living... Uh, lavish lifestyles and, and uh, they, they're depending on no God to keep them accountable that's for sure because they, they figure they're going to get away with it all but I'd have to say that there is pride in all of this and pride is an insidious state of being for pride deceives the person full of pride for a person full of pride may think he's wise when he isn't he may think that he's got an insight into God when he doesn't Proverbs twenty six twelve says, Do you see a man who's wise in his own eyes? There's more hope for a fool than for him. So we're deceived sometimes when we think we're wise. We think that we got it together. We think we know what's going on. Pride keeps us from knowing what is right. We don't ask in the proper way. And we don't ask in the proper way because we're so wise in our own eyes. We know exactly what to ask for. We know what God wants to do. So we're going we're gonna to tell God what he ought to do. That makes sense, sort of. 
James 4, 3 says, you ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your own passions. Now, we sometimes think that is greed in that, but I can tell you that pride also says that because pride says, I deserve it. I deserve it, and I know better how to use it if I got it in the first place. That person over there doesn't need that. I need it, and I can use it better. And that's, I read that today, too. I, I, I didn't include it in here, but I, I, it, exactly, I read that today, too. It says, the person asking for his own benefit may, may even seek to use it benevolently, but even that can be full of pride. Do you understand? Because maybe that person wants to be acknowledged for what they have given. And that's a, an addict of pride, you know. It is something to say, you know, given in such a way that your left hand doesn't know what your right hand's doing. You understand what I'm saying? But it's secret, yeah, secretly. Not to do it so that you ring that coffer so that it's, everybody knows the coin that you put in there. You know what I'm saying? Pride keeps us from seeking God's will in our prayers. You know, honestly, we rarely now say, your will, not my will be done. That is one of the things that we really have to go. We go, you know, and that keeps us from seeing our, our prayers answered. So for humility must truly precede prayer. It really does. And the answer to prayer is for sure. Matthew twenty three twelve says, whoever exalts himself will be humbled and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Now, I want to tell you something. When I talk about pride, I'm not talking to you about as, some, as someone who has conquered the situation and has no problem with it. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? I'm not trying to tell you that I got this all together. See, I, it would be a matter of pride in the first place for me to tell you that I got it all together. But it isn't. I don't have it all together. I, I know that there's, I have nothing to say every time I get up to preach. I mean, I've prepared and I've done all of that, but I have nothing to say. If the Lord does not show up, if he does not anoint me, if he does not give me the words, I promise you it is not going to be good. And so most of the time, and I've got to say this most of the time, most of the time when I'm up there praying, when we start the services, I'm praying, oh, Lord, please anoint me because I've really got nothing here if you have if you don't show up. But every once in a while, truthful be as it may be. I decide I can wing it, I can do it on my own, and I believe in my own wisdom, and I fail miserably. And you know what I do afterwards? I go to God and say, why can't I learn this lesson? Why can't I learn this lesson? And I can't seem to get beyond having pride raise up every once in a while. Pride muddles our thinking in the first place. You see, what happens is things get out of order when we are full of pride. As long as I think that I'm the center of the universe, then all I have to do is be concerned about myself. And this is pride that it gets involved with this. And when priority is out of order, it will not bring about correct thinking. Uh, not too long ago, my wife ordered a uh, play kitchen for our granddaughters. I mean, this thing was amazing. It, it had a little play microwave. 
I mean, it didn't work. I mean, you know what I'm saying? But it, had, it looked like it worked. It had a sink when you turn, when you turn the, the deal. It made water sounds. No water was coming out because I didn't have to hook up water or any of that. It had little burners. Little burners had a little light, little deals underneath it, so it looked like they were lit. And, they, and it had its own pans and everything. It came with 110,000 pieces. <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm just exaggerating. I don't know how many it was. It just, when I pulled it out of that box, it was a, and I said, I said, I have got to take this instruction book and I have to put it in exactly the order that they tell you to. And you know why? Because if you don't do that, you know what you're going to be in, end up with at the end of it? You're going to have parts left over and you're going to say, I wonder where these things go. That's exactly what's going to happen. And you can't, and the thing about it is, is that if you did it out of order, you might not be able to get it apart so you can put them in there. <coughs> you, you know that. I suppose that I could just go and say, you know what, I'm looking at this box, I'm looking at the, uh, at the cover, and I see the picture of this thing. I can put this together. What would that be? Nothing but pride, I can tell you that. And it will get things out of order. So it is not unusual that we should think that if we have pride, it will muddle our thinking and we'll get things out of order. Luke chapter 1 verse 51 says, He has shown strength with his arm, and he has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. Pride, the people with, with pride think they can do it on their own, get things out of order. That is exactly what happens. And it is in our pride that, that, uh, it is our pride that keeps us from thinking correctly. And it is in our pride that we do damage to ourselves through all of this. For God opposes us if we are full of pride. Oh, it's not just simply that he doesn't answer our prayers. <laughs> it says in the scripture, he opposes us. Now that ought to set us straight in some ways. You know, and, and when we get up and we say, well, look what I've done all by myself, God. Think about that. You know, you know God is just simply not going to let somebody else occupy his throne. This is his place. Not our place. When it talks about Satan in Isaiah chapter 14, it says, How you have fallen uh, from heaven, O day star, son of dawn. How you are cut down to the ground, you who laid the nations low. You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven and above the stars of God, and I will set my throne on high. I will set on the mount of assembly in the far reaches of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. But you are brought down to Sheol, to the far reaches of the pit. God is not going to let somebody else sit on his throne. And, and he's not going to let us. He's not going to let Satan do it. He took him off. He took him out. The most, the most beautiful angel that he made, wise angel that he made. But in his pride, he said, I'll take your place, God. And guess what? He didn't. He wasn't too wise. He wasn't too wise. He didn't figure that part out. But you know what? I, I've seen some people that are just geniuses that they can't figure this out. You understand? I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing to me. Do you think that pride and ego is a combination that causes a lot of people? Oh yeah, pride and ego uh, causes a lot of marriages to fail, a lot of a, a lot of uh, finances to fail, a lot of you know, if you can name it. I mean, look at the problems that people have in their lives. You know, just the very fact that somebody says, you know, I can take this cocaine and it won't bother me. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I can I can do what I want to do here. I can get away with this. And thinking they're going to a lot of that, Dale. You probably had to deal with that as a as a policeman. 
so many times you couldn't, couldn't imagine it, you know. I can't imagine it, rather. So that's the way it is. Now, what is it? When we, if we were returning to God's grace, what is the very first thing that the scripture even says that we ought to do? You know this scripture really, really well. It says in Second Chronicles seven fourteen, if my people who are called by name, my name will do what? Humble themselves. Isn't that amazing? That if we're going to be the very first step that we're going to take, it's going to be in humility. Because without humility, we'll not seek his face, nor will we turn from our wickedness. We must be humbled, or be humble at least. Their DNA or whatever will never humble themselves to anything or anybody. That's true, Dale. And it's just their makeup, and that's the way they're going to be. And, 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 they, and they miss out. I'm going to tell you, they're going to miss out. Because they know everything, know how to do everything, and they don't need nobody else yeah. to help. I remember uh, in the paper one time, I, I heard this, I didn't actually see this, but I remember they said in the paper one time that, that the guy had put, it says, uh, for sale, Encyclopedia Britannica, never used, don't need it, wife knows everything. <laughs> and so some people are like that, is what I'm trying to say. They know everything. But here's the, uh, the story. God cannot be deceived. We're not going to ever pull the wool over his eyes. Because when he looks at us, he looks at our hearts. He knows whether we're humble or whether we're not. And so we have stories of that in the Bible. Peter was a man full of pride. He was also called the rock. You understand that? He's the one that, to whom flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, Simon Barjona. You know, that he knew who Jesus really was. He was that, that person. He was the one who said, Jesus, the rest of these guys may abandon you, but I never will. You know, and what happened to him? Three times. Yeah, three times. yeah he, he did it three times. He denied Jesus, and he was humbled, right? Paul was a persecutor of the Christians. He was young, and he was an upcoming leader for the Jews. He had the right credentials, and he was on a meteoric rise think about him he was the jew of jews he was the he was the, he was on his on his way on his way and on the damascus road he didn't lost his eyesight he was humbled joseph who had a vision that his parents and his older brothers would someday someday bow down to him his dad gave him a nice coat he was the apple of his dad's eye tell you the truth but he ended up being thrown in a pit, sold into slavery, accused of crime he didn't commit, thrown into prison, and he was humbled. Humbled in all of this. Now, why can't we understand that? <laughs> Pride. I'm going to tell you what it is. <clears throat> Pride is insidious. It, it hides itself from us. We don't, I mean, I can see the pride in everybody else. <clears throat> I just can't see it in myself, except in retrospect. I see it when I've done it, and I know what I've done. I, I see it. Or, oh, yeah, there it is, Lord. I didn't see it when I was doing it. I didn't know what I was doing. Thanks. And so, you know, and so we simply don't have our prayers answered, and God opposes us because we are full of pride. James 4, 6 says, but he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Maybe our first prayer every time we pray is, Lord, let me be humble in what I'm asking you. 
today. Let me see how you want me to pray. And I won't tell you what I'm going to say. I'm going to tell you what you want me to say. You know, when um, I, I think about this, sometimes I think, you know, that's almost like asking for pain. You know what I'm saying? If, if God is to humble me, I don't like being humbled. I don't know about you, but I don't like it. I need it sometimes, but I don't like it. Evan Roberts was uh, a young man, 20, in his mid-20s, over in Wales. And he was, um, uh, he was a, a theology student at the time. And so he began to, to cry out in prayer for a supernatural, supernatural visitation of God in Wales. And, and this spiritual hunger began to affect his friends too. And, and they began to pray with him. And, they, and every day they'd get up and they'd pray at dawn and each day. And one day he had a vision of an arm extended from heaven over Wales. And the vision intensified their prayers to the outpouring of God. And their, their prayer was, O oh Lord, may a hundred thousand souls be saved. Evan Roberts then began to pray, Bend us, Lord. Break us, O oh God. And followed by a confession of sins, a call of holiness, and more crying out that God would send the Holy Spirit to bring a love for Jesus. Then came the outpouring of God in the meetings. Then came the Wales revival that actually went through England, went through Wales, went through England, jumped over to the United States, and more, way more than 100,000 people were saved. This is grace. This is grace. For God gives grace to the humble. You know, not to those who want others to change, but to humble themselves. He gives grace to them. Not for me to point out and say those sinners across the street or those other preachers or whatever they might be. God answers prayers with grace. And I will tell you, we need grace. We need grace. Okay, thank you.